Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And here it is, Episode 5 of Flyers Daily. Enjoy this, everyone. Welcome to episode number five of Flyers Daily with Jason Bertitas. Once again, Flyers back in action on this Friday night. Unfortunately, they come up short and take the overtime loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Some good things here in this game, though, uh, for the Flyers on this Friday night um, as they get back into action. Of course, they ended before the break, the All-Star break and bye week uh, with the Penguins. And in that game, held the Penguins to 19 shots in a 3-0 win. And once again tonight, they hold the Penguins to 20 shots, albeit in a 4-3 overtime loss. Uh, The overtime goal scored by, as I say, ABC, anyone but Crosby. And it is Sidney Crosby who gets the game winner, his ninth of the season. And it was just 55 seconds into the overtime where Crosby picked up the goal. And uh, Flyers really never had any puck possession in that overtime period. Uh, An uncharacteristic uh, giveaway by Sean Couturier in the D zone. It gets the Flyers stuck out on the ice with tired legs. They're able to get that change. Brian Rust with that turnover and then hits a crossbar. Uh, Pittsburgh maintains control. And then uh, Malkin goes off the ice. Crosby comes on with fresh legs and just not enough uh, ability for the Flyers to close out his space. He gets in too tight and puts one past Brian Elliott and the game winner for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But the Flyers come out of those two games with the Penguins, a team in their division, a team that's played very well in that second spot in the Metropolitan Division. And in those two games, they take a three out of a possible four points. Penguins get two of a possible four. Uh, So the Flyers do make up ground on the Penguins, but... Uh, perhaps this was a little bit of a missed opportunity for the Flyers. They go up with the one-goal lead. They score the first goal of the game, 1931 into the first period, uh, when Jake Voracek picks up his 11th on the power play. And then they give up three straight goals to Pittsburgh. Uh, 3.55 of the second to Evgeny Malkin. Uh, just uh, a little less than two minutes later, Brian Rust on the power play. And then Chris Letang on the power play. Uh, for Pittsburgh, they go up 3-1. to one. The Flyers get a goal later in that period from Tyler Pitlick. They get a couple of goals in this game from unlikely sources. I mean, you can maybe be able to say that Voracek is an unlikely goal-scoring source, just as 11th of the year, more of a playmaker. But then they get that goal at 16-29 of the, of the second period by Tyler Pitlick, his fifth of the season. So they go into the third period only down a goal, not going in down two goals. And Scott Lawton, 2-20 into the third, picks up his seventh of the season and ties the game at 3 3-3. Flyers really dominated uh, possession and, and the chances in that third period, but unable to get anything else by Tristan Jari. And then we go to the overtime. We just talked about that. 55 seconds in, Sidney Crosby gets the game winner in the OT, and they pick up the second point. And with the Flyers only giving up 20 shots in this game, and I alluded to this on a couple prior, previous episodes, that Elaine Vigneault deploying his goaltenders over this stretch without having Carter Hart still, who they announced uh, on Thursday is still about a week away, uh, has made considerable progress in his rehabilitation, but still about a week away. Um, he's got to have uh, Alex Lyon as the backup. And, it, and I mentioned that if Elaine Vigneault and Brian Elliott in particular didn't get a lot of action or a heavy workload in this Pittsburgh game, you would likely see Brian Elliott in a back-to-back situation on Friday against Pittsburgh and then tonight against the Colorado Avalanche 
That's how it's probably going to play out. Probably see Brian Elliott again on Saturday, uh, but only seeing 20 shots in this game. Tremendous defensive effort by the Flyers once again, holding them to 19 shots in that 3 nothing win and then 20 tonight, uh, but unable to come away with the win tonight. But the Flyers will move on and take on the Colorado Avalanche at the Wells Fargo Center back home. Three games in four days, also the game on Monday against the Detroit Red Wings. But at hand is the Colorado Avalanche, and that is a team that is extremely dangerous. Colorado this season... They've got a Hart Trophy candidate uh, in uh, Nathan McKinnon. They're good on the road, 14-8-2 on the road. When you look at the home splits and road splits for a team like Colorado, 14-7-4 at home, 14-8-2 on the road. They're pretty much the same team on the road that they are at home. And they're tw- overall in 49 games played, 28-15-6 and six, and 62 points. And they've been in Philadelphia. They practiced in Philadelphia today. Um, waiting for the Flyers to come back home to take them on tomorrow. So Colorado, going to be a tough task at hand, no doubt about it. But the Flyers' home record has been tremendous so far this season, and that's going to be something that has to maintain over the final weeks of the season, the final 65 days of this season, and now 31 games. Uh, the Flyers at home so far this season have only lost four games in regulation, 17-4-4. and four. Uh, Right now the Flyers are actually sitting in the 10th spot now in the Eastern Conference, tied, if you will, with the Carolina Hurricanes in that ninth spot. Each have 61 points. So does uh, Toronto, who's got the second wild card, or wild card number two with 61 points. By virtue, though, of ROW, regulation and overtime wins, Toronto with 26, Carolina with 26, Flyers with 22. That's the tiebreaker there, and that's why they're in that spot that they are. All three of those teams tied in points, Columbus with 62, and the Islanders only 63. So this is a tight, jumbled race right now. Three teams with 61 points, including wild card number two. Wild card number one at 62, one point ahead. And the third spot in the Metro, if things all play out and you get a win tomorrow night, you could be the third team in the Metro. Well, probably not. They would actually not be because of ROW for the New York Islanders. But um, a couple of other teams were in action on this uh, on Friday night. Uh, of consequence, the Rangers get a 4-2 win over Detroit. And uh, the Capitals, a division team, got a 5-3 win on the road in uh, Ottawa. At the Carolina Hurricanes, who I mentioned now on the outside looking in, had an opportunity at home to gain a couple points or a point, didn't do so. They lost at home on the home ice against Vegas, 4-3, to the score down in Raleigh. And tomorrow, Saturday, will be a busy day in the NHL. Flyers will be back in action, as I mentioned, against the uh, Colorado Avalanche. And then when you look at some of the other games on the card for Saturday, going to be some a, a lot of movement in the standings can happen here very quickly the blue jackets are in action tomorrow at one o'clock in the afternoon against buffalo the islanders are in action at home at one o'clock tomorrow against carolina the panthers and atlantic division team are taking on the canadians i think the canadians are out of it already uh the leafs are playing the senators flyers are in a battle with the leafs as well the rangers may be still in the mix they got a home and home they're taking on the red wings tomorrow also uh uh, a couple other teams in the division in action as well tomorrow. So it's going to it's gonna be a crazy jumping around of the schedule, not only week to week, but here day to day at this point. And the Flyers are going to have to deal with Nathan McKinnon tomorrow, as I said, one of the premier players in the National Hockey League. And they've got a couple. It's not just Nathan McKinnon. they got another guy offensively, Miko Rantanen, who's going to be another tough guy for them to deal with. Uh, we'll see how they handle Miko Rantanen and Nate McKinnon. And then you got a couple defensemen there uh, for Colorado as well. There's a, there's a reason why they are a legit cup contender. They're a defenseman on their team is second in points, and that's Kale McCarr, technically a rookie in 41 games played. He's got 11 goals, 26 assists, and 37 points. But McKinnon, 
leads the way by a massive margin. He's got 72 points. He's got 32 goals, 42 assists in 49 games, 72 points. That's why he is a Hart Trophy candidate uh, nominee at this point. Could win it when it's all said and done. Kadri's got 31 points. Barakovsky's got 33. They've got some good depth scoring. Sam Girard back there on defense. He's got 25 assists on the season. So this is a team that the Flyers are going to have to deal with on a back-to-back that's been in Philadelphia uh, waiting for them. So a big game and another opportunity at two points. And you can sit there and you can make all the excuses in the world about the schedule and back-to-backs and facing teams that are already rested. There's nothing you can do about that right now. Not a single thing in the world. You can sit there and scream it to the mountains and the heavens and whatever. It doesn't matter. This is the schedule you got. This is the situation you're in. And the Flyers are going to have to find a way to come away with points here. And what has turned out to be an extremely tight, I mean, we're talking 31 games left. And this is must-win hockey at this point. You cannot have protracted or losing streaks three games or lose five out of six. You'll be out of it, and you won't get back in it. So every point is massive right now. Just to even come out from Pittsburgh from being down 3-1 to one in that game on uh, Friday night, uh, to come back and get that to 3-3 and get a point is a massive thing for the Flyers. So big stuff for them uh, coming up tomorrow against Colorado. Then they'll be back in action on Monday, but that time on the road, they'll be taking on the Detroit Red Wings. One of the things about the Flyers Daily podcast here is I, I told people many times you can solicit questions uh, through Twitter, and we'll get to those here on the podcast. Um, so let's take a couple of them right now. Tim Tobin uh, tweeted in. He said, if they want Giroud to produce, he needs to be on the wing with a big body center. When do they finally do that? You have the some bottom six flexibility to do it. Well, without Nolan Patrick, and great question, Tim, um, I would prefer Claude Giroux on the wing as well, full-time. But without Nolan Patrick and with the way things are kind of slotted right now, the best opportunity for the Flyers to have success is to put him in the middle. Before the break, he did have some good chemistry with Travis Konechny and James Van Riemsdyk. Elaine Vigneault spoke about that on Thursday. That's in episode number four. I put that Elaine Vigneault in there, audio in there, if people want to go back and listen to it. Um, But... Right now, having him at center without having Nolan Patrick and a viable option as the 3C, when you can slot those centers with Couturier, Giroux, and Kevin Hayes, that puts them in a better position. Couple that with some good chemistry that's developed with Konechny and JVR. Not really Friday night against Pittsburgh, but prior to that, it did. There was some chemistry there, so they'll look to go back to that as well. Hales Bales 0301 tweets in and says, what do you make of Giroux right now? Hasn't been much of a presence recently. Well, before the break, as I just mentioned, he did have some nice chemistry, and that line was performing well. You look at his point totals right now, and he's being asked to do a lot, a lot more than they would like to ask him right now. Um, but that's the situation. Sometimes you have to look at – you can't just look at a player's points. I mean, some people say I'm making excuses right now, but whatever. I don't give a crap. Um, here's the deal. When you're asking a player to do – more things defensively, and in Giroux's case, play center, play the full 200 feet of the ice, his points are going to suffer. Now, he's only got 35 points in 50 games, and he's got to be better, more uh, get be more offensively productive. That's absolutely the case. Um, but he is being asked to do more things than they would like to ask of him because they would like to free him up offensively. This is where that Nolan Patrick migraine issue and the fact that he hasn't played all season really has hurt the Flyers. And if you want to take that a step further – I mean, you, you look at a guy like Kevin Hayes. He's only got 27 points, 14 goals, and 13 assists in 50 games. But the fact of the matter is this. If you didn't have Kevin Hayes, you'd be in a really, really bad situation. 
Now, one of the things when you look at the offseason as well and you look at Kevin Hayes, you go, okay, well, maybe the Flyers paid him too much. But you got to consider the other center that was out there. The Flyers needed a center. And the other guy that was out there and people were advocating for the Flyers to sign him was Matt Duchesne. Now, Matt Duchesne just scored his 11th goal of the season the other night. Got played significantly more. Matter of fact, I'll look up his, his contract here in just a moment. Let me give you his his numbers on the season. Matt Duchesne, in 47 games played, 11 goals and 23 assists for 34 points. And he's a guy that was the number one center on the market that to go out there for teams to sign. It was clear he wanted to go to Nashville. He made that very clear. He signed a seven-year, $56 million deal with the uh, Nashville Predators with an AAV of $8 million. Now, is he worth that money? But you also got to look a little closer. Duchesne's not a guy that kills penalties. Kevin Hayes is. He's been tremendous in that regard and has done a good job for the Flyers in resurrecting their PK. Kevin Hayes has been very good. You can't sometimes just look at the offensive numbers. You got to look at the total package. Couple that with the fact that and, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, Kevin Hayes is a really big personality, a massive personality. When he's in a room, you know he's in the room. He's big, he's loud, he's boisterous, he keeps the room loose, and that's been another thing that's really helped this team behind the scenes uh, from a chemistry standpoint is they're all loose. Kevin Hayes is a big part of that, loves playing for Elaine Vino. one of the reasons why he came here, and he's been a big addition for the Flyers. Is he going to be a big addition that's going to contribute tomorrow night against the Colorado Avalanche? He's going to need to be because the best players, the guys who make the most money, are going to need to lead this team down the stretch in the final 31 games. With as tight as it is in the Eastern Conference, they got to all get it done. That's what they're getting paid to do. That's what they need to do to get it done as this team's knocking on the door of the playoffs in a very tight Metropolitan Division and a very tight Eastern Conference for the race for the 2020 NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, everybody, enjoy the Colorado Avalanche game. Another episode coming up after. It's called Flyers Daily, which means I do it every day. It means I don't get a day off. As long as the season's going, there's a Flyers Daily. So check it out again tomorrow. Leave us a rating and review. Love it. Live it. I appreciate it. Check you out next time on Flyers Daily. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy your hockey.